All right, roll tape. Let's do it. Actually, we don't really roll tape. I just recorded my own home studio. But since we don't really do ads here, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about what we do at MacroZinc before we get started with the show today. MacroZinc is a full-service nutrition coaching and personal training company that does all of its coaching online. At MacroZinc, we provide fully customized one-on-one nutrition coaching and online personal training that has changed the lives of over 7,000 people and counting. We currently offer a two-week free trial for our nutrition coaching, and you can get started risk-free today. Just go to macrozinc.net slash services and get yourself signed up. Let's get into the show. All right, here's the obligatory self-intro so you know who I am. I'm Brad Dieter, the Chief Operating Officer at Macros, Inc., a nutrition and fitness coaching company, and this is My Take, a podcast that discusses current events in nutrition, the business side of the health and fitness industry, and a little bit of everything in between. Let's roll straight into Nutrition Insights. All right, on today's nutrition topic, we are going to talk a little bit about very low-calorie diets. Uh, Is there a magical number you shouldn't go below for calories for weight loss. And we'll kind of touch a little bit on the starvation mode piece because it kind of goes with that uh, that subject. So gosh, I don't know when this idea became popular, but there's for some reason over the last decade or so, there's kind of been this idea circulating of very low calorie diets actually don't work. Or if you go below a certain amount, you actually gain weight on it. So I kind of want to address this in a few different ways and approaches. The first is if we kind of look at the actual medical literature on low-calorie diets, here's, here's kind of a synopsis of all of it. Very low-calorie diets always work for initial weight loss. Uh, there's never been a study that's shown, hey, if you take people below a certain amount of calories, they don't lose weight. We've done fasting studies, case studies. We've done fasting studies back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Um, and we see that people always lose weight. Now, there's been a few trials... Um, and I'd have to go look up the exact paper again, but there's been trials where they've taken people down to 1,200 calories, 900 calories, and 600 calories a day. And these studies are generally people who have a pretty substantial amount of weight to lose. But what's interesting is very low-calorie diets always work for weight loss in highly controlled either clinical trial or laboratory settings. But once you go below 1,200 calories, you don't really appear to lose substantially more weight, right? So if you look at the people, like if we look at a very low calorie diet study, and generally what these studies find is if you take somebody and put them on 1200 calories, 900 calories, or 600 calories, they all lose roughly the same amount of weight, um, which you'd think, okay, that's weird. People are consuming far fewer calories in the 600 calorie a day diet, somewhere to the tune of 4,200 calories a week. Why are they not losing more weight? It turns out if you kind of look through these studies, the adherence at 600 calories a day and the adherence at 1,200 calories a day and 900, their actual food intake, regardless of what they've been prescribed, ends up being roughly the same. And they have some adaptations to their overall metabolism, specifically with their NEAT. Um, that kind of balances out the calorie deficits. So what we see is at some point, lowering calories more from a plan perspective is just not an overly helpful idea because the adherence becomes so poor that it's roughly the same. And then there's kind of the mental piece of, hey, I'm only eating 600 calories a day when you're actually probably eating 1,200 calories a day. So what we see in the medical literature is 
very low calorie diets always work initially for weight loss. And I'll come back to that idea in a second. But at some point, when calories get so low, adherence becomes so poor that they all kind of end up being the same, right? Assigning somebody a 600 calorie a day diet and a 1400 calorie a day diet ends up probably being right around the same actual consumed calories because trying to maintain a behavior of such a very low calorie intake consistently over periods of days, weeks, months is very, very, very difficult. So that's kind of the first piece. Um, I'll come back to the, the kind of initial weight loss in a little bit, but I don't know if the, these types of studies or if this specific study or, or other things are kind of what kind of cause this idea to say, hey, people should never go below 1,200 calories. That's kind of the magical number. That idea doesn't really make sense um, for, for several reasons. One is it's just an arbitrary number, right? It doesn't really matter. It's kind of like, gosh, saying you need to be at X amount of deficit a day to lose weight. Like, that, that's just a very arbitrary number and doesn't really hold any water. Now, could I say, hey, somebody who's a six foot four, 250-pound male um, who's trying to lose 30 pounds, yeah, they definitely shouldn't be going below, below 1,200 calories. They probably shouldn't be going below 1,500 calories. They may not need to go below 2,000 calories. Um, but that number doesn't mean anything, right? If you take the other side of the equation and you look at somebody like, okay, let's say you are a four foot 11, 125 pound female who has a very sedentary job. Um, maybe you can't be overly active due to your work responsibilities or you have some injuries that you're nursing, but you're trying to lose some weight and you're trying to lose an extra five or 10 pounds. You may need to go below 1200 calories. If you're trying to cut weight for a sport or for a figure competition, you may need to go that low. But generally speaking, that number doesn't really mean anything. Now, should we be trying to get people on as low calorie diets as possible? No, really what you should be doing, and I'll probably talk about this tomorrow, is the minimum amount of a deficit you can have to lose weight is ideal, right? If you can lose weight on 1,200 calories or 1,800 calories, I'd prefer you be at 1,800. So let's go back to the idea of kind of the very low calorie diets always work initially. In every study that's been done, very low calorie diets lead to initial weight loss. The difficulty is, Weight always rebounds, right? You always kind of hit this nadir or this very low point, and then your weight starts coming back up. Generally, that happens is people just diet to lose weight, and then they go back to old habits. Um, part of it is what most people find when they use relatively extreme approaches to losing weight, their like initial peak weight loss is never where their body's actually going to settle out, right? Whether it's due to like just, let's just say they never actually gain any additional body fat after that. They're going to be dehydrated. Their muscle glycogen is going to be low. Um, they're going to be pretty depleted. So they're going to be a few pounds artificially deflated. Uh, but on the other side of the equation is you also haven't really set up long-term habits to adjust for that. So what we see in the weight loss literature is unless you actually do either some sort of like there's been interventions that have used cognitive behavioral therapy, habit development, um, complete lifestyle change, you know, unless you change a lot of your approach in how you actually structure your life and what you prioritize is very low calorie diets become a very short term tool. And you have to stack that with how do I maintain these habits long term? So that's what we know about very low calorie diets.
All right, rolling into business insights. Now, this is a topic uh, that I think about quite a bit, and it's the idea of are you moving urgently but not hastily? So whenever you have a business, whether it's a startup, whether it's an established business, whether it's a small business, is the market's always changing. Um, Consumer behaviors are always changing. Consumer sentiments are always changing. The problems that people need solved are always changing. Um, Good example. If you were a like like media hardware company back in the 80s and 90s and you made those like things that rewind cassettes so you can take them like all they do is just rewind it really quick so you can take it back to the store, you had a great business model. You solved the problem. Now that's not even a problem, right? So you don't have a business anymore. So as a business, you really need to move urgently, right? Every day, you need to be moving forward. You need to be moving forward quickly. You need to make strong decisions, and you need to march ahead. But you need to not move hastily. And the difference between those is moving hasty means you're just moving to move, right? You're trying to get somewhere as fast as possible, and you're not really thinking about, are your decisions the best ones? Moving urgently means you move with purpose. You don't overanalyze everything, right? You analyze stuff to where it's a good decision and very effective, and then you move ahead. Moving hastily is, oh my God, sales are slow today. I need to do a flash sale to uh, meet my daily quota. Well, that maybe actually just cost you dollars over the long run because now you're discounting your services when you didn't really need to. Maybe it's just a slow Tuesday because it's the first Tuesday that, it's the first day in the country in three weeks that the sun's been out, right? So you have to move urgently. You have to move quickly. You can't dawdle. You can't second guess yourself. You just have to kind of move ahead and you have to make good decisions and you have to make quick decisions. But those decisions shouldn't be overly quick. They shouldn't be hasty. They shouldn't be unthoughtful. They shouldn't be just trying to immediately solve the problem and then move on. It's you need to solve that problem in the right way so it's solved moving forward. Um, So I'm trying to think like, Let's look at an example. Um, so we do a lot of email marketing, right? And one of the things that we noticed is like, hey, as we're growing, our traffic to conversion rate is is not where it was when it was uh, when we were a smaller company. So there's a couple things we can do to that, right? We can just say, okay, we need to just dump more money into ads and try to drive traffic, and just accept that our, uh, you know, conversion rate is going to be where it is due to the size, or Let's let's very urgently take a look at all of our emails, all of our marketing, and see where we can improve, and then immediately focus on that priority or that problem because that's going to be one of our biggest problems. So business insight, key question is, are you moving urgently but not hastily? All right, what am I learning today? Um... Gosh, I think so. I've had kind of a rough past couple of weeks just in terms of workload, work stress, life stress, all sorts of stuff going on. Um, not bad, just been pretty crazy. And one of the things that I've found immensely helpful whenever I'm going through periods that are a little bit more difficult than others is you kind of have two choices. One, you can get really frustrated, you can kind of let it beat you up, you can get super stressed out, you can kind of take the negative road. Um, And those can feel very cathartic, right? Like if you've had a bad day or you've had a really rough interaction 
or you've had a business deal go bad or something, right? Like stewing in your own anger can be like very cathartic. Um, But the other side of that, that I've actually found to be substantially more helpful in terms of like shifting my mindset, getting through something, getting back to being productive as fast as possible, and then not letting my like poor attitude or poor mental state of cause collateral damage to everybody around me is to actually be super grateful and practice a lot of gratitude, right? We always have things that we can be super grateful for. Uh, my family's healthy. My dogs are healthy. I have a roof over my head. I don't worry about, you know, where I'm going to eat every day. Um, you know, just being super grateful for things can actually solve, you know, a lot of our own, like, mental barriers to certain problems. So that's what I'm learning today. All right, my daily win. Uh, So I've worked by, I'm not by myself, but um, is mostly self-employed and from home for uh, the last several years. And I've always kind of had like a makeshift homemade desk or kind of like one of the cheapest desks I could order that would like do the job. And I finally ordered myself an adult, and I'm going to put that in air quotes, adult desk for the very first time in my life. Um, I ordered a kind of, modernish live edge desk that I'm very excited for. I think it's going to take like seven or eight weeks to get here. Uh, so it's going to be a while, but I finally ordered one and that's uh, pretty exciting for me. Um, now I have to order myself an adult chair, this chair that I bought myself that I spend like 12 hours a day. And I think I spent like 50 bucks on it. And it's probably why my back hurts so bad, but that's just kind of <laughs> what I do. I just do whatever I need to, to get through things. Um, but I finally ordered myself an adult desk and I think I'm going to paint slash put some decorations up on one of the walls of my office. So it doesn't look like a 12 year old boy with no actual stuff lives here. So, uh, my home office will be getting a little bit of a makeover in 2021. So that's my daily win. Let's just jump straight into the daily learning lesson. No, uh, no intro music to this section, no hard break. We're just going to dive straight into it. So this is something I've been thinking about. This kind of goes back to the what am I learning today um, is the daily learning lesson. When you look back over the course of your life, will you ever say to yourself, hey, I wish I'd been more unkind to that one person, right? Like we all have these interactions with people where, you know, we think about them for weeks. And I'm trying to think if there's ever been a situation where I look back and say, hey, I wish I'd been more unkind or mean or rude to that person. I don't think so. I think most of us would say, I wish I'd been more kind to that person. You know, and I, I think we don't often think about our actions in those terms in the moment. Um, but it's something that I'm trying to get better at and, and working on is like, hey, in difficult situations, am I going to take that perspective? And that's the daily lesson. That's it. I'm Dr. Brad. I'm out of here. I'll see you guys tomorrow, Tuesday, March 3rd. Let's do it. I'm out.